one small step for man, one giant. I have a dream. Oh my, this is a noisy world. It's really an, an ominous. What would you say you do here? He was giving them the business. For the children. This is the Brian Suits Show. Good morning. AM 770 KTTH, uh, Brian Suits here. Charles Barkley ripping on San Francisco. You, you had me at Charles Barkley. That was one highlight from NBA's All-Star Weekend. Yeah, and so again, with all the excitement he can muster, NBA Commissioner, uh, so what's his first name? Na- Silver? Nathan, wait, Silver? Uh, Commissioner. Seems like a nice guy. Silver. <laughs> anyway, who looks like he sleeps in a coffin. I only saw the final score. I didn't. I, promise you I didn't watch the second of the All-Star game, but when the final score is like 216 to to less, that's how sports works? No, no, Biden had the final score here. 368 billion, uh, trillion, 700 million dollar, billion dollars. That's a lot of points. And that was halftime. Uh, yeah, so he was, here he is, congratulations. So o- overjoyed by the tremendous display of basketball and athletic acumen on, on display from the entire world uh, there with the uh, all-Star game, final score, a bunch to less. Uh, here here he is, rewarding the proud victors. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. <laughs> so anyway, and it was in it was in Indianapolis. So that's a, that's a ball of hoots uh, right there. But uh, never mind that. Charles Barkley has an opinion about San Francisco. I saw there was some like Steph Curry versus a WNBA three point female. Some yeah, that amazing- was also fun to watch too. I think she hit twenty six threes to his twenty nine, but it was a close competition and nice handshakes at the end, and it was wonderful. Did you see there was a handshake line in Houston last night between? Some small school and Incarnate Word or whatever. The ball, they got into a fight out? at the handshake line. Yeah, they, that was nasty. Yeah, it was good game, good game, good game. And then, yeah, so, well, not so much. Boom! Well, so here's Charles Barkley, Barkley bad-mouthing San Francisco. Hey, Reggie. Yes? If you, had a, if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, <laughs> when you... Oh, oh, oh that's oh, crazy. Oh, no. You're not welcome. Oh, not hey, you're not welcome. Hey, hey, hey. No, we don't. Yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. Hey, <laughs> but what was this choice? Would you rather be in what? Hey, Reggie. Yes. If you had a, if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, <laughs> when you oh, And this is during the NBA, the dunk contest. It was in it? Indianapolis. So I think what he was saying is, if you had your chance to be in the cold or around homeless people in San Fran, what would you choose? Oh yeah, that's right. Because Reggie, as we all know, the the Millers, uh, famously California guys. Reggie played at UCLA. His sister, legendary player for USC, and uh, the and then he, but he played for. The Pacers, the Pacers, yeah, forever. I think he was a one-team wonder. Oh, and he was, and he was great. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he has a house in Indianapolis or something. But uh, would 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 rather not walk around amongst. The- hey, Reggie. Yes. If you had a if you had a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, <laughs> when you oh, oh, that's crazy. Oh, no, hilarious. I think Charles. He finally, his final team was with the Suns, and I think that's his like his forever home. 
but he works out of L.A. for TNT, um, I, I think. Uh, okay. But, I mean, you know, he's he, one of my favorite guys because of his, his deadpan honesty when he said, hey, look, admire me on the court, but don't make me an example for your kids when I'm off the court. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Charles Barkley. We love San Francisco. No, we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> you can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. Hey. He's right. That's that's hilarious. Uh, well, so um, the offer apparently there's actually 30 days on the offer that somehow John Oliver, a foreigner, I think he's a citizen now. Um, he's married to a citizen. Um, John Oliver offering Clarence Thomas a million dollars a year to step down from the Supreme Court plus a 2.4 million dollar RV to potentially helping roll back decades of federal regulations and you deserve a break you know away from the meanness of washington so you can be surrounded by the regular folks whose lives you've made demonstrably worse for decades now and the good news is i think we can help you there because since your favorite mode of travel might be in need of an upgrade danny unveil he pulls back the curtain on this two and a half million dollar you know one of those luxury buses with with a fireplace in it this Brand new, top-of-the-line, Prevo Marathon Motorcoach. Look at this beauty, Clarence. How would you be treated if you did some sort of offer to Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I mean, because she was deified. When when she finally croaked, <laughs> she was deified. She, A movie? When she met her demise and went to the great beyond, I think is how you should have yeah, that. Yeah, so, and, and, but I mean... She was sanctified. The 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 actress that played her as a young woman, they really did her a favor uh, with that. And I mean, well, well, you know, she had a great story and the whole thing. She wasn't a saint. And if you had made that offer to her when she was alive, and by the way, there were Democrats telling her, you're counting on Hillary winning real big here. And if Trump wins... Father Time is going to catch up to you, and that's a, so the worship. Well, remember when they had you know, videos of her planking or doing push-ups or whatever, showing look, she's she's at it. She's look at her go and uh, and the whole thing. And I mean, what what is that if not if not idol worship uh, at that point? So um, you know who's on the outside looking in today from uh, Liberalville is Nate Silver from 538, the 538 blog, because he's he's yet another guy who's saying the quiet part out loud. He says, uh, quote, personally, I crossed the Rubicon in November, concluding that Biden should stand down if he wasn't going to be able to run a normal re-election campaign, meaning things like conduct a Super Bowl interview. Yes, it's a huge risk, and yes, Biden can still win, but... He's losing now, and there's no plan to fix the problems other than hoping that the polls are wrong or that voters look at the race differently when they have more time to focus on it. Neither is so implausible, and it is likely to be a close race. But even the most optimistic Democrats, if you read between the lines, are really arguing that Democrats could win despite Biden and not because of him. So anyway, you lost uh, Nate um, on on that. And, and I mean, in my, in my many travels over the weekend, over the long, long presidential weekend— I'm not hearing people sitting around discussing politics. I mean, by I mean, you really you you gotta look for it, find talk radio or be on Twitter. And Elon Musk getting getting heat because Alexander Navalny's widow was was banned by Twitter. Her the account was suspended for a couple hours earlier today because she put up a video 
Um, accusing Putin of murdering her husband, which is probably correct, um, and asking for his body back. And then Navalny's mom putting a video up on, on YouTube, which Elon Musk does not control, asking the same thing in Russia um, and talking to the camera as his mother about give my son's body back. On February 16th, my son, Alexei Navalny, died. For the fifth day, I can't see him, they don't give me his body, and they don't even tell me where he is. I'm addressing you, Vladimir Putin. The solution to the issue depends on... Show, should I do my 6 a.m. flex again? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, well, so the, the um, discussion amongst the uneducated is that, well, they're hanging on to his body because they want the toxin to dissipate or... Or whatever. And, well, I happen to know a forensic pathologist. And so at 540 this morning, I texted him. And it was, by the way, it was 340 where he is in the morning. Will two weeks on ice really detox Navalny's corpse was the question. And one minute later, he answers, you know, I heard that mentioned on the news. Was it his wife claiming that? I can, I can, I can't think of any toxin that would escape forensic detection by mass uh, spectrometry, chromatography, pretty much the standard, uh, even a poison which somehow spontaneously decomposed would still leave behind characteristic constituent components. And my follow-up was, would embalming destroy all blood evidence, uh, but fat would retain residues, right? And he said, any medication, poison, et cetera, uh, distributes through the, through the body, some tissues uh, may have higher concentrations depending on solubility. I don't know, but I don't know or believe you could ever remove everything. So, and then he adds, listening here, you and Greg do a great show, but he met me first and then Greg. And so, um, um, so yeah, you're going to, I've already heard that on a couple different, uh, major networks that probably hanging on to it and to get rid of the forensic evidence. I, I think you'll, when, you know, the, they'll trot out. Um, Dr. Baden, you know, on Fox, and he'll correct him on that one. But Should this then lead us to believe that Putin might never release Navalny's body? Or send an urn full of ashes? Right, quite possibly. And in a related story, I don't know if you saw this, but... Or preserve him like Lennon. Right. I'm not one of these guys that's ever been of the opinion that singers should just shut up and, and play their music for people. I think whatever platform you have, you should use it. U2 is continuing their engagement at the Las Vegas Sphere, or their residency, so-called. And Bono, of course, got the news of Navalny's demise and did this on stage, uh, I think the day of or the day after... Uh, news of Navalny's death in that Russian prison. Next week, it'll be two years since Putin invaded. For these people, freedom is not just a word in a song. For these people, freedom is the most important word in the world. So important that Ukrainians are fighting and dying for it. And so important that Alexei Navalny chose to give his up. Wish the applause was stronger, have to admit. But he then, the acoustics of the sphere. He then continued. Apparently, Putin would never, ever say his name. So I thought tonight, people who believe in freedom, we must say his name. I will follow! In, in the name of love! He did... Alexi Navalny. Alexi Navalny. Alexi Navalny.
And it went on from there. But what, I, what, I they, what, they, by that. what did they go into? What was the song um, they were going into? Something in the key of D, it sounds like. Oh. Was that uh, this here also? Next week, it'll be... Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, I clip. just played it. All right, so... Um, uh, anyway, more more on that. And and by the way, the the moment that Biden announced, by the way, that the United States is no longer issuing visas to Russians, that came and went yesterday. The the moment for a dramatic measure that would resonate and would m- make word of mouth throughout Moscow by close of business, that was yesterday. He he said, "Well, we've already got strong sanctions. Well, you can still get on." An Aeroflot plane at eight months pregnant and come to the United States and rent a hotel and shoot out a little American um, in D.C., in New York or whatever. If not Aeroflot, through another charter. But you, you can you can still do that. That 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 hits the, the kleptocrats. That hits the wealthy Russians where they live because they count on having a little dual citizen uh, kid. And and I don't know why we've never done that. And then, and by the way, speaking of dual citizen, there's an American citizen who was born in Russia, uh, who was arrested on treason charges in Yekaterinburg, where, which is where Brittany Griner used to play and make all of her money because you dumb Americans just don't don't, don't get the WNBA and how competitive it is and the whole thing. Because when you're accused of treason. Uh, in Russia, and you were born in Russia, and you're you're a dual U.S. Uh, Russian citizen. You're not. You're a Russian, and that's that. And so the Russian Federal Security Service, uh, in in footage where they obscured the woman's face, announced uh, early this morning the arrest of a 33 year old woman on treason charges, looking at potential uh, life um, sentence there accusing her of taking part in pro-Ukraine protests outside Russia and sending aid to Kiev. And so here's how this works, by the way. And Evan Gerskovich, the Wall Street Journal guy, they just extended his detention. Here's what Putin's doing right now. It's it's the, the, the triple spike, the Navalny. So you take this meaningless town, you lose 50,000 guys in two months doing it, called Avdivka. You kill Navalny, just to make a point. You extend Evan Gerskovich, even though on the Tucker Carlson thing, he floated that he could look, he's looking into a deal. Well, the deal is I take more Amer- – every American that's in Russia should be on a plane today because you have a value now that you didn't have uh, last week. He'll take a slew of Americans because he wants the FSB, the, the, the Russian assassin that the Germans arrested and have and tried and sentenced. He wants him out. Um, he wants him out. He wants him for Gerskovich because in the same way that you, the accused spy, you get Novichuk in Salisbury, England when when you're given up because everyone has to pay the price. And if you are Putin's boy, he goes he he's showing the rest of his security establishment. I bend over backwards for you guys because he wants this guy out of German jail. We have no jurisdiction over German jails. None. We can ask for a big, big favor. Hey, one NATO guy to another and and the whole thing. But the Germans know damn well that, you know, Putin would have to take a bunch of German citizens hostage. But he really does believe this is how the world works. And he wants to show the world this is how the world works. That he kidnaps more American citizens and sits on them with trumped up charges because he can do that. 
until Biden gets on the phone with Olaf Schultz and says, look, I'm sorry for throwing $6 billion at Iran and getting six Americans back, but if I throw a billion dollars at Germany, will you let that guy go? Will you let the murderer go back to Russia? And the basis for everything we said for the past two years is now gone. And that's where we're at with with uh, that whole deal. Pretty depressing to, a, you know, a me and then stuff. But um, what was the thing that was going to play? So <clears throat> this guy's getting a lot of uh, a lot of juice in this election. And that's Charlemagne the God. Is he a, is he an actual god or a demigod? Is uh, he like Thor? I think or Loki? T H A God as well. And some people just call him Charlemagne. But he was interviewed by a major media news outlet because. Uh, but he has a pretty. So are you saying Megan the Stallion is not a real stallion? <laughs> That's I think what I'm inferring. And you're but... saying that NATO is not like LA is not like Planet Fitness, where if you're below, if you're past due, it just locks you out. Hey, that's NATO. The NATO. So he's being interviewed on. And by the way, because he influences a lot of people, has a yeah, very big following. And that's the the currency. And does he know what he's talking about? And, and remember, of course he does. He's on radio. Biden had a famous interview with him years ago. If, said, if, if you don't vote for me, me, you ain't black. Yeah, and he said ain't because he's not condescending to there black people. Do you get blowback from the White House? Because you even now in this conversation, you're very tough on Biden. So when you when you say something critical, do you hear from him? Yeah, and I think that's the stupid devil. <laughs> because I feel like you should be able to criticize whoever your elected official is, right? Yeah. And and even if I do criticize them, I'm criticizing them because of... Boy, I got to say, they took the gloves off this morning on MSNBC. They were revealing that the White House admonishes them for even covering mm -hmm. Biden's memory. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, hey, look, you know, at the end of the day, we're not Pravda, barely. Um, and I mean, they were complaining at a time when they know that the White House is watching... In the in the three a.m. hour Pacific six a.m. hour uh, D.C. Where, when when they're testing to see how their talking points are going over on MSNBC, they were complaining about being admonished for uh, covering things like the change of gate, G A I T. The, the apparently and there's an op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal about the noticeable change of Biden's gate is an in, is a red light to every MD out there. That if you brought grandpa in, and that's how grandpa walked into the uh, office, and, and maybe he he'd been uh, your your grandpa's doctor for forty years, the change of gate would be the most obvious physical indicator, and the White House goes crazy. Any talk of that, they they go crazy, and so I mean here they are with, you know, and you know they have this guy's cell phone, the, his hotline number, his cell phone number. What I see coming up. In November, I see what we're facing. So what I'm saying to them is, where is the sense of urgency? You can't keep saying that there's a, a threat to democracy and democracy as we know it is going to be, be be gone, but not act like it. Oh, they hate that. They hate that. But wait, he, he, he goes on. And, and the other problem is they've always done this with every single Republican candidate. Since I've been alive, whoever the Republican presidential candidate has been, they've demonized. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's John McCain. It doesn't matter if it was, you know, Mitt Romney. It doesn't matter who it is. They will, they will demonize. He's right about that. Bush was Hitler. Remember? I think that was one of the most insightful things he said in that entire interview. And they hate that he is a black voter influencer. He is an influencer of young black men and women, the ones that they're trying to mobilize and, and care about. And the whole thing, and he's, he has a great point that, you know, you, you keep going back on the but Bush is Hitler. Romney's Hitler. Mm -hmm. They couldn't make Romney out to be Hitler, but but he did he did go on a road trip with his dog in a dog kennel on the 
roof of the station wagon for, for like decades, Hitler. The, the Democrats have always made the GOP nominee for president out to be the worst villain in the world. So it makes it impossible for voters to differentiate between candidates. So that's partly what explains the Trump phenomenon. Trump is not Mitt Romney, yet they were treated exactly the same by their opposition in the Democratic Party. I mean, Romney was made out to be like Hitler. And the worst thing he said is, I have a binder full of women that, that I try to hire. And they went, how dare he use the phrase binders full of women? He had a diversity file. He, this is an outrage. And then Charlemagne the God makes the point, you are the boy who cried wolf. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's John McCain. It doesn't matter if it was you know, Mitt Romney. It doesn't matter who it is. They will, they will demonize the Republican candidate. And now that there's an actual legitimate threat right there in our faces, they're like the, they're like the party who cried wolf. Nobody believes them. And and they're they're panicking, you know, at this point. And so uh, it's interesting. Like you say, the Nate Silver from Five Thirty Eight, um, he's he's not quite calling for Biden to step down. But I mean, when they're having that that debate in public out loud, and MSNBC when M MSNBC is complaining about you hotlining him and lecturing him. I read lecturing the shows, uh, how to talk and whatever you do, don't criticize Biden. How is that different from RT in Moscow uh, or, or something? I mean, it would be your last show. But, and I mean, they, they, they put Chuck Rosenberg, former U.S. attorney, in the penalty box for a week because he pointed out that that special counsel had an obligation to say why he wasn't pressing charges on Biden. Not that he was gratuitous. And remember, they threw the word gratuitous around all last weekend. Like, he didn't need to say that. Well, he did, in fact. And for pointing that out, MSNBC was told to put that guy in the penalty box for a week. Uh, so they did. All right, uh, back in a second. Any checking of your texting? Um, and uh, the amazing source of all music that you would call American uh, when, when, when you find out. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be stunned and amazed. And right here in Seattle, making worldwide headlines, an old person slipping and falling. <laughs> Uh, uh, falls being the number one thing that injures the elderly. Well, this elderly person is making worldwide headlines for slipping and falling on a stage here in Seattle back in the second AM 770 KTTH. Been fact checked. Front um, here, AM seven seventy KTTH four two five. In a checking the texting fact checks me. I incorrectly called the I five bridge over the Columbia River a suspension bridge. How many demerits do you use it? Oh, I don't know. And, and um, uh, Mr. So Mr. Fun fact says Brian Interstate Bridge over Columbia, Vancouver is not a suspension bridge. Okay, it's a draw bridge. You didn't even include the correct answer. It, it has you know the it it, it it's uh, it's a giant length of about fifty yards of it is pulled up, uh, so that your inter your your riverine commerce can get uh, past that bridge, but but the point of that was that bridge was like from nineteen oh five, 
So, like, next time you're driving over that bridge you're and you're wondering why didn't you take 205? It's a better, newer bridge. I can't can't help you on the way. It's an ancient bridge. Uh, we've got a text from the 253 here, a person who thinks they're a comedian. They say, Brian, did that story about the strippers in Olympia really say that uh, strippers are looking for a raise? <laughs> Thank you. <Good> night. <laughs> hey, now. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> from the, did, you mean, on. you mean, did the, did Joe Moreno, did the TV correspondent say that? I don't know. Should we check the tape? Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> a pole dancer took center stage at a rally outside the state capitol. I think it was uh, towards uh, the middle uh, middle bit here that they're... Quack is an example of discrimination our joint community regularly faces. It sends a message that our bodies are lewd and that the expression of our sexuality is criminal. Despite the support shown at the hearing, the bill was introduced too late to get passed this year. But SB 6105 could accomplish the same thing and more. It's known as the Stripper's Bill of Rights. Yeah, they have no rights. What? Everything's a bill of rights, or everything is a, 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 a testament to your your truth and and whatever. It would also require that strip clubs provide additional training for security staff, implement additional safety measures for the dancers, and limit charges clubs collect from strippers to be dancing on stage. Strip clubs don't currently have liquor licenses in Washington, but these measures would pave the way for changes. Adding the liquor license allows for more... Um... Money, it's uh, what it is. But, uh, well, I'll go over it again, but uh, he really... Come on, Joel. From the 360, hey, Suits, any chance that Putin killed Navalny primarily to intimidate his followers prior to an election? Yeah, that too. I mean, you know, I, as I'm on the record saying for the past two years that he's kept Navalny alive, like, as a parakeet. And at a time and place of his choosing, he'll he'll kill him. And that's what he did. From the 907, uh, on the subject of Democrats routinely demonizing any GOP candidate for president. Guys, remember Romney ate his dog roasted over a fire along the highway. Like Hitler. I'd forgotten about totally that. Totally like Hitler. And then uh, was it, um, if we don't serve alcohol in, in stripper places, we'll, we can never uh, set a remake of Roadhouse here. Roadhouse. Remind me. You, the, you know, uh, Swayze. Oh, never saw that one either. Is that I, a classic? I, I, I only know, like, like the fight scenes that people put on YouTube. Okay. I thought it was a, I think it was a bar, but not a strip bar. Patrick Swayze wouldn't, wouldn't demean himself by taking that uh, resume to a strip bar, I tell you. So anyway. And where's the one? Uh, yeah, just making the point that uh, that yeah that that it's a one trick pony. to said they're every four years demonizing the Republican or demonizing the Supreme Court justice that that uh, the that the guy has appointed. And the whole and also he really has nailed it when he's talking about when you're talking about sort of an intangible like democracy and all that, and you're thinking that besides black activists that that's going to get the average black voter who trods off to the polls every four years or two years or annually anyway um, and, and votes. There, there's no more poll taxes in the whole thing. Uh, 805 says the Russian helicopter pilot who – and this is, this is so, uh, so Putin. Um, last year, a Soviet uh, Mi-17 helicopter and its pilot and two unwilling crew members – were flown into the hands of the Ukrainians intentionally. And the helicopter pilot made a statement and said, 
Uh, there, I've delivered a helicopter to Ukraine. Putin, come and find me, sucker. Well, his he was granted refugee status in Spain, but not given a handgun. He was found shot dead and run over. So that has sort of a fingerprint all over it. M- meaning that Putin closes his accounts. And so if I was Navalny's wife, I would I would be asking for American pre- protection. Brian, we have a text here about the never surrender high tops. Yeah. I just want to tell you, you know, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I have some incredible people that work with me on things and they came up with this. And this is something I've been talking about for 12 years, 13 years. And I think it's going to be a big success. $399 for gold sneakers. And you know what? That's why people buy sneakers is that so is because every kid knows the retail price of of your new your new kicks for your fit. Um and you know the you know the the crazy thing now is the not put any wear on the shoe. Actually not put creases in it. Don't like walk differently. It's weird. Well, I just remember my mom forbid me from ever buying white shoes as someone who lives in the Northwest because after one day, they're permanently uh, dyed brown from the mud and the puddles that you walk in around here. So I always had to buy black shoes. I lived in the Stan Smith, the the Adidas, the old white leather Stan Smith. Uh-huh. Those are the best. But you know what I did? Wash them. Could you take really alcohol did. wipes or whatever. It was soapy water, mild soapy water. Too Wash much maintenance, them. Too much. I noticed the thing. I tried to show the kid. Well, here's what you do. You come up to me and go, "Dad, uh, these are dirty, and I'll show you how to clean them and feed a man, shoe a man for for life." But that's not the thing. The thing is, they have to be pristine, and they can't even show wear. No, that's impossible. In I know. These parts of well, the world. then you say, "Can I use the PayPal card, Dad?" To my chagrin, my kids are taking after their mother. I saw my 13-year-old daughter wiping down her white Nikes with, like, one of those alcohol towel things. And I thought, is there something better you can be doing with your time right now? Apparently not for a 13-year-old. 206 says uh, they're not releasing Navalny's body for the same reason they dumped Osama in the ocean. Um, and buried him with a pig. No, I I, I agree. I, I, I think that's the thing is, like, if you're Putin, you know how he died. You ordered it. Everyone in the world ordered it. But there is still that shred of a facade that they have to maintain where they're not going to give the body back. They're, they're, because it, it'll the, the cat's out of the bag. You're going to have the type of toxin, the whole thing, and it's not going to decay with him. Um, and so, and they're, and I think because Catholics don't cremate, right? That I can't. E- East speak Orthodox, to. Uh, and uh, and all that. Anyway, uh, we'll settle all this momentarily. Back in a second, AM seven seventy KTTH.
I'm thinking like the Mohammed bin Salman ship canal bridge is what I'm thinking of. Last time they resurfaced I-5, this stretch between Yesler and right here, the ship canal bridge, 1985. It's in and, and uh, what I've noticed between here and uh, Boeing Field, last couple of weeks they've had southbound I-5 closed for entire big rectangles of concrete to go in as a, as a done deal. Instead of doing potholes, they're just lifting entire uh, segments of it. And have you, is it just me? How do the lanes go? Do they go the far left lane, not the diamond lane, but the first regular travel lane? Is that lane number one? Uh, I don't know the numerical system with the lane. The one, have you hit that pothole right at the Mercer, our on-ramp, which becomes the off-ramp for Mercer? Everybody read the sign. I'm not being a D trying to... Cut you off and try to get out of the exit lane, like why? Uh, just it, 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 the stupidity of people who can guide a motor vehicle but can't read a sign that's ahead of them never ceases to amaze me. But every couple months, it I'm amazed at people that are holding their, they're being just being stubborn. You're not going to change lanes into me. I'm like, well, someone's about to because this turns into an exit. And uh, anyway, back back on my train of thought on this one. Yeah, uh, look, AAA reported that Washington State ranks number one in terms of potholes in the country. Is Brian. that that's higher than fifty, right? Yeah, that's correct. Who's lowest for potholes? Pri- I don't know, Delaware, Utah. I don't know. My <laughs> money's Utah, on Utah. Right. I gotta say, say what you will about Utah, but when they fund a project, it gets done on time because they do not pay overtime. They don't. They don't do two a.m. generators and lights and all that. They 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 do nine a.m. to five p.m. You 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 the taxpayer find an alternate route. They, I mean, they do it right, and things are on time and on budget. But, but like, try that with the European Olympics. Try try to do what Utah did with that Winter Olympics. I mean, they they made money anyway. So, the Shipkanal Bridge. In 2021, served as an emblem of the state's uh, highway maintenance crisis in the Seattle Times. Uh, and the Washington Post featured it uh, to explain how states favor new highway expansions over preserving their old infrastructure. Uh, you know you know who loves infrastructure uh, is Saudi Arabia, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. And he is spending so much money on infrastructure. And you're, you're going to want to follow along at home. Google Noem, N-O-E-M, or Neom. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Five hundred billion dollar city made from whole cloth, and I don't know exactly where in Saudi Arabia this is going to be, but Noam, the five hundred billion dollar city, his idea is that it's going to be uh, powered by solar crappies or wind turbines or whatever, as if she doesn't have oil. Five hundred. Here's what five hundred billion dollars gets you. Okay, two buildings parallel. Taller, as tall or higher than the Empire State Building, and 110 miles long. Why? I, I don't know. But uh, that's that's his idea. Someone sold him on it by, you know, if you're the architect, you know, uh, Mazel Tov on that one. But it's an insane project. You'll be able to see it from space and the whole thing. And he likes his name on stuff. He likes Saudi Arabia's name on golf. On sports betting, on everything, I I say uh, just like um, 
you know, writing George Floyd's name up on Capitol Hill, write his name on the Ship Canal Bridge, let him buy it and, and na- give him naming rights on that. But anyway, NOEM, uh, it'll feature a pair of mirror glass covered 110 mile long buildings taller than the Empire State Building, just running 110 miles. So, um, and he is for the first time uh, borrowing. So there's some some ominous storm clouds are on the horizon the the one meter target is putin is obviously enhancing his collection of americans um he wants to do a big a uh, big de- he wants one assassin out of berlin out of jail in germany and he he'll trade all the americans for it um and then it it, it he wants us to disrespect our ally germany by ordering them that this is a make or break deal. You free that guy. You let him fly to Moscow and be hailed as a hero, so that we can get our Americans back. Um, and that's the ultimate empire move, isn't it? And that's that's what uh, what Putin wants. Then here's another one. <clears throat> if you're a student of the communism, then uh, if you know how the Cultural Re- Revolution worked, you had young crazy people waving the little book of Mao quotations around, um, accusing their teachers and their parents and their college professors of not being revolutionary enough. And Mao needed this. He, he It was a way of cleansing his society of the old elements, right? Well, one of the things that Mao did, because the revolutionary guards might get out of hand, was he began empowering in factories armed groups of soldiers, and they were called People's Volunteer Tractor Factory Number 39 Infantry and all this. So he found a way to disseminate arms throughout China because he knew at one point, because all revolutions do this, at one point the serious adult people with guns need to stand up and shoot the crazy young people who don't have guns. And so Mao pre-set the conditions for the Cultural Revolution, one, one of the most horrible times in, in Chinese history, in a, in a really horrible hundred years of history. But that's that was his mitigator, was, well, we've always got the People's Volunteer Tractor Factory you know, militia all through uh, China. Well, President Xi is doing that right now. He's setting up, uh, in, in the, because remember, every... Every enterprise in China is an SOE. It's a state-owned enterprise. And so uh, the Financial Times has discovered company announcements and state media reports over all of last year that they're reestablishing new People's Armed Forces departments in recent months, which is an indicator that C wants to stop this crazy crap and reset everything and get, get, back, to, uh, get back to the old ways. You know, it's time that, that China rein in this uh, this Hong Kong and these Teslas and the Bentleys and the whole thing, we, we get back to who we are, which is absolutely on brand if you know him and his life history um, on that. And so um, going back to the ways of Mao, is it's a very 2024 move if what you want to do is in 2025 um, reset back to 1961. And that should scare us because that, that means uh, cheap factories are gone uh, interaction with China uh, over trade is gone. The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company is gone, and then uh, and then you the the two generations that got got to skip, you know, wearing your country's uniform, you get to say goodbye to your kid as they go off, and they wonder, well, you didn't do it. How come I got to do it? 
And uh, that's that's a cloud on our horizon that I really don't want to see um, come here. Uh, and let's see, I only did this in 6M. So remember uh, Oregon, you can't have nice things. At least we're not Oregon. Seattle still is not Portland. They decriminalized possession of drugs, and they gave us a unexpected window into a very, very dark future. Um, Oregon wins the the gold medal. They saw the nation's highest overdose death increase um, since 2019. Um, yearly fentanyl overdose de- deaths in Oregon grew by an estimated 1,500 percent. That's a one of five, and then two zeros. 1,500 percent increase since before the pandemic. By, by far the largest increase in the U.S. federal data shows. And it, by the way, it's by a long way. So next person that tells you seriously that decriminalizing drugs uh, makes drug abuse go away, punch them. Don't show them this article. Just punch them. Maybe open fist, op- open palm. And then, but don't don't commit assault. Tell them it's coming. And then tell them if they stay there and say that again, you're, you're going to get an open hand, uh, a, a Hulkamania uh, punch. There were 77 known fentanyl overdose deaths in the state during the 12 months ending in September of 19. Oregon deaths from the cheap, super f- powerful opioid, mostly produced in China and Mexico, um, now ballooned to 1,268 in the 12 months ending in uh, 2023. Um, and and so, yeah, the secondary effect is uh, the counties that border Oregon also increased fentanyl overdose, crazy uh, increases. And so, anyway, it's, uh, thank you very much, uh, Portland. Thank, thanks for trying that out. We forgot to mention, uh, did you find it of note that the material girl had a run-in with the oh, material Oh, this, this made worldwide news. <laughs> the music carried on, as did the lip syncing. So but... when did, can we hear her fall? No, well, you hear one lady react to it who must have been, like, in the front row. Madge, because what was happening was one, you know, she always gets up there with dancers, and then somebody brings a chair out so she can have a rest. <laughs> so Madge can have a rest, and they were dragging her on the back legs of the chair during the song, and the chair slipped in Climate Pledge Arena, and she downtown Seattle. She rolled on her stomach and made a bit out of it and all that. But then the news comes that falls of the number one injury of old people, because she's how old now? 65, I believe. And, and again, what's wrong with her face? Did she, does a, does, is Amy Schumer contagious? What the oh, hell? Oh, that's in a, a different topic. But yeah, uh, she appeared on Jimmy Fallon and talked about the recent kind of swelling in her face. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was awkward. Yeah, so uh, Madonna putting Seattle on the map. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> did we, did anyone even... Was there anyone, no one you could hear her. There was no one at the concert. I just think it's, an, it's another example to people who go to shows of this nature. They're not singing. Someone is pressing play on a CD player or an MP3 player, and then the performer is holding up a mic to their mouth and doing the best they can to match their facial expressions with what is coming out of the speaker. Oh, can you really see a break in the vocal well, line? when she falls off the chair, for some reason, she's not singing, but her voice continues to come out of the monitor. Ah, so uh, Nikki Haley's going to make, she says, a major speech, but if you're trailing the... the, the uh, likely nominee you don't make any major speeches besides you getting out probably not her getting out uh we'll also unpack uh, what's happening at the border 
uh, because now it's not it's not no longer Central Americans there. It's uh, where are you from? Uh, Guinea. So as you can see, a lot of Guinea, uh, uh, Cameroon, and lots of Chinese, because there's no future in China, and that that uh, with what there is running out real fast. But uh, hey, we're we're not checking at our border. Um, so uh, anyway, we'll uh, have a great great Wednesday tomorrow. I'll be back here at 6 a.m. Which please uh, AM 770 KTTA.